This is Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. Bush, Richie and Grandad. <laughs> That's right, Grandad, our uh, show mascot doll that we uh, bought from Facebook Marketplace for £10. Uh, he's been on a bit of adventure, hasn't he? He was in the studio for a bit, uh, then he went off with uh, uh, listener Nick and went to uh, the Brentford-Newcastle game, got on match of the day. Now, uh, listener Nick has said that he's... <laughs> It caused a sequence of bad luck in his house, so he dropped Grandad back off again here. Well, as it turns out, Brentford haven't won since... Uh, <laughs> since so he's dropped him back. He's dropped him back, yeah. uh, and he's in the studio again, and we're just worried that he's a little bit lonely. We've been, we've been feeling that on the show, that he's just sat there looking out the window in his rocking chair, and then something unbelievable has happened. Yes, we're not the only people that have been worrying about Grandad and his loner lifestyle. Laura and Ian Strange oh. have written us a letter that has accompanied a package. Dear Bush and Richie, hello. My husband and I saw this and thought that she would make the perfect companion for Grandad. She has a lovely rocking chair and is unbreakable. Here's hoping they get along, Laura and Ian Strange. And just as if you think things couldn't get any weirder with having Grandad in the studio, uh, Dave Barry's going to lose his mind because now he's got an old lady to hang out with with glasses. Uh, and she's, she's got a little checkered dress on. Yep. Uh, it looks like um, like a scullery-made ghost from the olden days. She really it? does. It's an interesting one because um, she's old, yet her chair is a bit more snazzy. Her chair's plastic compared to Grandad's um, wooden rock- rocking chair that he's in. Yeah, and, and it also plays a song, but the batteries yeah. have run out on it as well, so <laughs> it's probably a mercy. But the thing is, we can't go around calling her she or her. Who's she? The cat's mother? Oh, quite. So, look, it, it's a companion for Grandad. It's a brilliant thing. And all we would ask you uh, t- tonight on Home Time is get in touch and tell us what we can name her, because uh, I think I feel like she needs a name. Well, I'm going to go table chair just to start things off, set the bar low. I'll go with Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> That's the baseline. That's the baseline of work from. Surely we can do better than that. Uh, our Facebook page absolutely jam-packed with fantastic suggestions from you about what we can call Grandad's new. Is concubine the wrong word? Compa- <laughs> com- companion. I think that I've only just met concubine. Is what does concubine little... mean? Well, I, I think a concubine is is. A piece on the side. Is it? in the old days, yes. Grandad's bit on the side. There's a phrase. Put that on a T-shirt. But uh, so, so some lovely listeners have sent in a, a kind of a grandma doll, but we need to give her a name. What should she be called? Uh, Jasmine has seen the picture on the Absolute Radio socials and says, whatever she's called, Grandad is punching. And that, that is... That is... <laughs> <laughs> he is, isn't he? He is, to be fair, yeah. State of his face, after yeah. all. Uh, uh, Janet Baker says, Nanny Joan, after my mother-in-law, who's recently celebrated her 90th birthday. Oh, what a flattering thing to say. Uh, you were speculating about concubines earlier on? I've, I've been listening to a lot of history podcasts yep. and, and audiobooks, and that, that phrase comes back again and again. Could she be his concubine? It, it's a rather ancient word You did say days. bit on the side earlier on. I did, and I, I'm partially right. Uh, a woman who cohabits with a man to whom she is not living legally married okay uh, was one definition uh, another definition a secondary wife usually of inferior rank oh my word see my I, i've not married katie my other half no so is, she's is she my concubine she's your concubine i'm gonna change her name <laughs> on my phone <laughs> right see how that goes mate <laughs> uh, fiona would like to put forward karen she says um karen she has that type of face like uh maybe written a letter of complaint to the local council uh, one of the two of them has got to complain they are both sat in rocking chairs uh carol says mildred she does have uh, mildred vibes or oh, i'm not reading that from rachel 
Beatrix, but I'm not reading the rest of it. <laughs> How, Rachel, wash your mouth out with soap and water. She wouldn't do anything like that. Uh, we do have one awkward situation in the, the letter that came in from Laura and Ian, the listeners who have kindly sent in a companion for Grandad. Uh, they said um, she has a lovely rocking chair and is unbreakable. Here's hoping they get along. Um, <laughs> her bottom half has come Completely off. come off. Our producer, Adam, dropped her and the uh, rocking chair smashed to pieces and she's now in two pieces. And this is a terrible thing with these dolls in this studio. We keep breaking them. So sorry. It's gory. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. So I have melted the fuses in our house twice in a week toasting tea cakes. <laughs> Just want to put that out there. I love tea cakes, but they're high risk if you toast them at home. you know what will happen? Cut them in half, stick them in the toaster... Goes down once, pops out, not even touched. Mm-hmm. I think I'll put them down for another time. Literally, you just your attention can be caught by a sparrow landing on the windowsill out the kitchen. Turn back again, the whole thing's on fire. Yeah. So I've blown the fuses twice, and I thought, let's have this maybe as a phoner for the second hour of the show this evening. It's, the title does come with some danger, but I trust everyone. Let's have it and call it, What Have You Blown? Uh, in fact, Elon Musk's SpaceX uh, yes. rocket, that's gone for a Burton even just today. Yes. So we can put that in there. He's entering into things. I remember the day we moved into uh, day we moved into the house, uh, that, that very afternoon, I blew the top floor. <laughs> <laughs> there was this awful light fitting on the landing. Absolutely terrible. Yeah. Turned it on. Uh, and it wasn't working. So I thought, oh, I'm just going to put a new bulb in that, put the wrong type of bulb in, turn it on again. The bulb went, uh, and then all the lights on the top landing went. So it's just... It's the drama, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Well, if, if, if ever you could have buyer's remorse on day one of moving into a house, that was that. He's blown it. And he says, what is it with toasters? We're on toaster number three. The second one was gone in less than a year. Uh, quite a lot of concern coming in on text and Twitter. Uh, from a place of love, I understand that. But uh, Dan says, have you thought this feature through? Uh, Bailey says, what replies are you expecting of that question, Bush? The question is this, what have you blown? Because I've blown the fuses in the house twice in a week, uh, cooking and destroying tea cakes. Uh, my mum's pressure cooker says this tweet. When I was 10, I... <laughs> I love this phrase. It's, 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 of a, it's of a decade. I R-text the ceiling on the kitchen <laughs> with mashed potato. <laughs> uh, Darren is saying I should have raw tea cakes from now on. I think we've got embroiled in that row before. Uh, Natalie says her husband always blames her for blowing up the TV. She says, I was just doing my exercise DVD in front of it and I heard a loud pop noise <laughs> and the smell of burning. That's when we changed from a big heavy TV to a flat screen. Uh, Colin says, I was part of a computer class when I was at school. I was on a bank of 12 other members who had to complete a 2,000 word essay and everyone had finished their work. With me being a tall lad, I stretched out my legs, caught the mains cable, ripping out the socket and everyone lost their work. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Colin. It's like a carry-on movie. Uh, Tracy, may I ask, what did you blow? Uh, I blew out a handle off the pan when I'm boiling an egg. <laughs> <laughs> How have you done that? I forgot about it. All right. So, how many eggs did you have in there, instantly? Two. Two boiled eggs. Well, they weren't boiled after I finished them. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so, so sorry, what happens then? What, what, uh, out of nowhere, then suddenly the pan blew up? Blew up. Yeah, I put the water in the pan, yeah. put my two eggs in, started boiling them, forgot about them, yeah. and then I heard the pan handle. the explosion. Fired off like an Exocet missile. Yeah. Don't try this at home, kids. Tracy wouldn't do it again, would you? I wouldn't know. It's a very quick one just come in on text. Lisa in the New Forest says, my son decided to put fizzy water Ribena and ice into my Nutribullet and gave it a whiz. When he took the lid off, it exploded all over my new white kitchen. <laughs> 
He's blown it. Uh, uh, cleaned it all up and decided because the lid wasn't on properly, so he did it again and it exploded all the kitchen a second time. <laughs> it just gets worse the more you read this text. Uh, Chris, what did you blow? Oh, it was the toaster in Harvester. I was making toast. Uh, you know when you put it through the belt toaster in the Harvester? Yeah. So I put it through and it was like white coming out the first time round, so I put it back through again, thinking, oh, yeah, I'll just brown it up a bit. And then it, um, yeah. So the second time it came out, it was like charcoal black, um, and the smoke alarm blew, set off a fire alarm, and the, the whole of the building was shut down. For about... It's obviously quite difficult for Chris to talk about, and I, I completely understand that. Well, I, I can imagine the look on the Harvester restaurant manager's face uh, as yeah. everyone gets chucked out having their breakfast because you wanted well, to brown your toast on the belt toaster a little bit more. That's It's people like you, Chris, that make that sign that say, don't touch. Yes. Some people want to watch the world yeah. burn, quite literally. Yeah. So um, about half an hour before it came back on, so I just sort of had some cornflakes that morning. <laughs> Will you ever go near one of those belt toasters again when you're on holiday, Chris? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've done them since, yeah. But um, I always sort of just go for the one, you know, the one pack. <laughs> one pass, OK. <laughs> Some moral to the story. This is The Daily Takeaway. Just looking through the article there, uh, we're calling it Bush and Richie Do Snowden as yeah. well in Trail Magazine. Yeah. That seems a little bit kind of... Uh, I'd say nonchalant. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Are we, are we bigging ourselves up too much? <laughs> Bush and Richie do Snowden. <laughs> a big thank you to uh, Ollie uh, from Trail Magazine, our Sherpa. Uh, you can have a look at the article uh, online at trailmagazine.com or you can uh, buy the latest uh, copy of the magazine in all good retailers and probably in some shabby ones as well. Week to go. Seven days until we climb Snowden for Cash for Kids Day. That's right. It's getting serious. We we need some more advice from the people that are in the know, and someone that's in the know is the brilliant Ollie Reed from Trail Magazine. He's on the line for us right now. Ollie, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me back on. It's good to have you on because obviously, when I was off for a few days, you obviously hear uh, filling Richie's mind with ideas about going up mountains whilst I was off for a little bit. Absolutely. I hope he hasn't scared you off since you got back. No, 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 Ollie. I, I was very much betraying you as my trusted Sherpa. Oh, there we go. Well, at least I can come in useful every now and again. Fantastic. Well, what a lovely mental image that is of you two <laughs> yomping together. So, Snowden it is. Ollie, have we bitten off more than we can chew? What do you think? No, I don't think so. I think as we, uh, as we, as we talked about last week, um, I think you guys are more than capable of getting up there if you respect the mountain as the way it needs to be, as we like to tell people. You know, Snowden is a, a big and very serious mountain, but also a wonderful place for walkers of all ages and all abilities to go and stand on top of one of the best mountains in Britain, basically. Now, I want to make sure I get my uh, pronunciation right here, but the Llanberis Path, I believe, is uh, the ascent that we will be uh, taking. Is that a sensible choice for us novices? It's a, it's a very smart choice. It follows the train line, effectively, up from Llanberis, which is the town at the base. So it's, uh, it's quite a sort of steady incline and, a, and quite a clear path. Right. The, the route narrows as you get close to the top, so there is a little bit of... Um, mountain terrain up there to get your feet on before you stand anywhere near the summit but i think uh, you're more than capable of pulling it off right so because the 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 listeners have been suggesting a different route and i've now realized that they might have been trying to trick us what's yeah. the, the bad route crib gotch crib gotch is that that's the one we definitely shouldn't take this this is like lord of the rings we're going through mordor uh -huh. for the mines of moria what's what's that other route 
So one of the best things about this mountain is there's, I think I'm right in saying, 10 recognised routes to the top, um, like I said before, of all ages and abilities. So there were people, you know, I went up with my six-year-old son last year who, uh, who yomped his way to the top. But there are other ways up, such as the one you've mentioned there, Cribgok, which is a... It's what we call a grade one scramble, which means you're going to have to use your hands as well as your feet to get oh, to the top. Right, okay. So not quite a rock climb, but the exposure and the drop. Sounds like a terrible work. hangover, a grade one scramble. <laughs> it, it, will, it will make your head spin when you're up there, believe me. You, you referred to uh, climbing with your six year old son. Was that by any chance the Clamberis path? <laughs> Uh, we, no, we went up something known as the pig track, which uh, oh. the reason we chose it, it's a, it's a slightly wow. more. Uh, rocky and exciting path but uh, the beauty of it with young kids is it starts from further up the mountain so a perfect choice for families and stuff like that who want to attack it Fantastic well listen first of all I mean thank you so much for the brilliant uh, piece that you did about us in Trail Magazine it's an honour to be in, in a publication mm. such as that so thank you uh, we are new to the whole kind of climbing rambling uh, walking game if we go past other mountaineers if we may call ourselves such what, what, what's the kind of protocol do you say hello to them or like do you wave or what would you do Unfortunately, you have to say hello to everybody. That's exactly what you have to do. We like to talk about the weather. Right. We like to talk about what kind of boots we've got on. And we very much like to talk about the mountain that we're standing on. So I guess what I need to do is help load you guys up with as much snow and ammo as I possibly can. Great. Yes, please. Anything. Three essentials. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you one to start with. And this is a relatively recent development. Is I, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but Snowden kind of has an official new name. So Snowden is the sort of anglicised name of the peak, which has been around for, for many, many decades. Um, but quite recently, Snowdonia National Park and the local authorities have started referring to it by its Welsh name. And it's a bit of a tongue twister for us uh, English folk, unfortunately. So if you'd like, I'll give you a quite an amateur pronunciation lesson. Go on. Um, so I won't give you the spelling, but it's uh, the, I think the correct way to say this, and people will probably call in to complain, is Erwithfa, which is... Um, the reason it's been changed is all to protect the uh, the heritage, the culture of the region and the Welsh language itself. So, you know, people will obviously always call it Snowdon and the mountain will. You'll see signposts on your way up there for both Snowdon and uh, Withwer, but they are... Uh, that is the official new name, so okay. good one to get in the, uh, get okay. in the memory. I mean, I went to Swansea University and occasionally get in after a few beers and accidentally switch on S4C, and I thought I'd uh, had way too many ales, but <laughs> it's the whole Welsh language thing. I'll just have to get up to speed. Yeah, yeah, that's relatively. Re I think it was as recently as February, so it's quite new news, but it's um, it's a big deal, I think. Okay, uh, any sort of like mystical sort of like legends of the of the mountain that we should be aware of if it's a, a, a foggy day and we think we've seen something but might not have done. Has it got yeah, a yeti? Any yeti action? Oh, not far off. So you're setting foot in one of the most uh, mythical and legend sort of uh, soaked regions of Britain, I suppose. Um, North Wales is, is epic for it and famous for it. Um, the summit of the mountain was once sort of thought to be inhabited or known to be inhabited by a mountain called Rita, or Vita, I think. Uh, a giant dressed in a cape that he fashioned from the beards of his enemies is the stories I've heard. Brilliant. It was uh, eventually killed by King Arthur, so, which is always good fodder. Wow. Um, and the Arthur legends kind of swirl around that mountain everywhere you go. Uh, there are there are rumours that Arthur himself was ambushed and killed by a hail of arrows. Um, I think just a couple of hundred metres below the um, Snowdon summit at a place called the Pass of the Arrows. And then you've got the wonderful lakes, uh, which you will see from your route, if it's clear, which is a big if, um, down below you when you get close to the top. There's a lake called Glaslin, uh, which is the highest one on the mountain, which is rumoured to be bottomless, and also the resting place of Excalibur. 
Wow. wow. Of Arthur's final voyage to Avalon and all that wonderful stuff. That sure. you want to it's catering for everything, all of our needs here. It's got trains for you, Richie. Yeah. Bit of old-fashioned history stuff for me, and then we've got a good old walk to get some air in our lungs. So I think it's going to be good, Ollie. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. The other thing that I do love, one final question, is weather. I'm obsessed by it. Is it too far out to be starting to look at what the weather's going to be like on that day? Yeah, funnily enough, I've been reading an article for the next issue of Trail just today. Um, You know, I suppose what we all look at a lot of the time is the BBC five-day forecast or whatever it is, which gives you a broad idea of what you're getting yourself into when you get up there. But mountain weather is notoriously changeable. You know, weather fronts come in or vanish in the blink of an eye up there. Rain can come in two, three hours earlier than you think it's going to do. So I would check the mountain weather information forecasts before you um, set foot on Snowden that day. I would have a look right. in the morning. It's, um, it can swing violently up there, so make sure you're ready for it. Things swing violently on this show all the time. <laughs> Ollie from Trail Magazine, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Good luck, guys. We're raising money for Cash for Kids by climbing Snowden. Cash for Kids supporting charities like PASIC, who support the families of young people being treated for cancer. From PASIC, here's Louise. We just cannot believe the difficulties that our families have faced on top of the challenge of having the devastating news that your child's got cancer. There's a little boy we look after called Kyle and his mum's struggling with money because when he's on steroids, he's eating triple the amount of food and they just can't cover that on one wage. And the gas prices are playing on the mum's mind and so she's just really worried about how he'll recover at home once he gets out of hospital. And sadly, I'd say that's something that's a really common theme. You can support charities just like Louise's by heading to absoluteradio.co.uk slash cashforkids. The team at Cash for Kids will make sure your donation helps those most in need. And you'll be able to get more information about the vital fundraising Cash for Kids do too. Thank you for your support. The Daily Takeaway. It's time for Film Club. We join together to suggest a fantastic collection of films for a particular theme or topic. Now, as you well know, uh, next Thursday, uh, a week today. A week today. A week today. That's come up quick, quick, isn't it? It has. Will we climb up Snowden quick? That's what's going on. That's what we are doing uh, to raise money for Cash for Kids Day. You can uh, sponsor us, absoluteradio.co.uk slash cash for kids. Oh, yeah. But what would be a good movie for us to watch the night before all about mountains? So we're after mountain or hill films. Yes. To get us going. We'll get together the night before and get maybe together. watch it. That's exactly what we'll do. Uh, now, it's one trepidation that I suggest this film because it's about kind of a uh, a climbing disaster. <laughs> so this is very probably you. not... Yeah, it is very me. It's not a particularly great one to suggest, but it's one of the greatest climbing films of all time, Touching the Void. Yeah. True story about two climbers who go and climb a mountain together, they're friends, in the Andes in Peru. And um, one of them has a fall, but is still attached to the other one by a rope. Mm. And the guy that still is, like, still on the mountain, the other one's hanging, he has to cut the other guy loose to yeah. save himself, otherwise they both would die. Yeah. And it's the story of what happened to them afterwards and i won't ruin it for you it's amazing but obviously a little bit morose 
given that we're going to be climbing Snowden together. No doubt a great movie, and just because you've suggested that doesn't suggest that that is necessarily going to happen to us. Well, we'll, we'll, I'll play it by ear and we'll see what happens. Okay. I'll try and hoist you back up. I'm going to go uh, with a rom-com instead. Of course. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go Hugh Grant, Tara Fitzgerald, the Englishman who went up a hill but came down a mountain. Uh, We are big Hugh Grant fans on this show, and he's he's always in good films, and that is a brilliant movie. It's a great movie. It's fantastic. Is it? That's not Snowden, is it? No, it's not Snowden, but it is it's set in Wales. So yeah. I think it's hopefully a lot closer <laughs> to what's going to be going on next week. Yes, please. Not that I want to be in a romantic comedy with you. Uh, so, movie about hills or mountains. I think I can, given that we're both going up the mountains, I can see one film that's going yeah. to be coming in on the wires. <laughs> we know you lot. Many, many suggestions for these mountain movies. Cliffhanger coming through many, many times through. It's a great film. We're getting many, many texts about Brokeback Mountain. So, thank you for those. <laughs> Uh, but Neil has something different. Neil, what are you going to suggest for us? It's the um, Guy Ritchie uh, King Arthur film. I, I wasn't aware Guy, Guy Ritchie ever did a King Arthur movie. <laughs> he did, yeah. Um, I, can't, I can't remember. what the, the Charlie Hunnam that was in um, Sons of Anarchy. Um, he's in it. And then there's David Beckham... David, sorry, sorry, sorry. Row back a bit there, please, my friend. Yeah. David Beckham's in it. <laughs> Yeah, David Beckham's in it, and it's the worst cameo ever. What does David Beckham do? So he's obviously dressed as like a knight or something, knight of the round he table, is, is he? Yeah. Uh, he's not one of them, no. He's one of the bad knights that is one of sort of Jude Law's evil knights. Right, wow. OK. Jude Law does it, yeah. OK. And, and am I missing things here? Where, where's where's the mountain coming to it? Uh, so they filmed a bit of it in um, Nansquinant, which is like at the bottom of Snow the Mountain. And then they filmed a bit of it, like, down near Betisakoid as well, which is in the area as well. Fantastic, because apparently there was a big battle, wasn't there, around a mountain in Wales, and it could be they think maybe it could be Snowden. So there's a bit of history in there as well. There is, yeah. And that's exactly what you mentioned earlier on the radio, where someone mentioned Excalibur and everything, so... And just to yeah. uh, practice my Welsh, do you not mean Uifa? Uh, with that, I do, yes. Uh, and, uh, Welsh is my first language as well, so... It's, um, and we call Snowdonia Eruri, that's the new name of the National Park. Uh, well, wow. sorry, it's the original name of the National Park, are calling it again now. Undercurrent of spells, when Gandalf's doing spells in Lord of the Rings with that language, <laughs> and I quite like it, so uh, good to speak to you. <laughs> Brilliant, thank you. Uh, thank you to Russ, who suggested The Deliverance. Uh, I don't think we'll be watching that the night before we go. Uh, I'm going to suggest another one I forgot to mention earlier on. Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings trilogy. They have to go up Mount Doom to chuck the rings in it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yes, with the length of them, that's not going to get us a good night's sleep, though, is it? <laughs> Just the nine hours. <laughs> Badger's on the line. Badger, why do they call you Badger, by the way? Uh, it's, it's a nickname. Something to do with the greying of my hair. Oh. oh my, my hair's going great at the size. I might hope to be a Badger at some point myself. <laughs> well, you never know. Uh, Badger, what film are you suggesting for our film club tonight? Uh, I weirdly suggested The Sound of Music. Oh, the hills are alive. With the sound of music. Yes. Yes, yes. Now, can I tell you, my my the, my the girls watch that quite a bit. I, I've been in the room a couple oh, of times when it's been on. I know, it looks absolutely awful, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it is from what I've seen of it. Yeah. Uh, it's obviously a classic. I'm going to do one of our little live Googles. Uh, hills are alive. That's not what I should be. T- it's called the sound, sound of music. music. Oh, are you looking for the internet movie database rating? <laughs> I, it? I am, yeah. Is it, is it more than you thought? Uh, it is 8.1 out of 10. That's high. That's no matter outrageous. what people say. That's, that's a shocker. <laughs> OK, but thanks for suggesting it. 
You're very welcome, very welcome. We need to pick a climbing movie ahead of our Climb of Snowden this time next week for Cash for Kids. So many great suggestions. What are we going to pick? Uh, it's going to be the David Beckham one. Um... <laughs> 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 no, do you know what? When, uh, when we were speaking to uh, Neil earlier... Um, just yeah, everything that's surrounding the fact that the, the fact that King Arthur. Obviously, we spoke today earlier to uh, Ollie, and he was giving us uh, some of the history of Snowden and the legend of King Arthur. And then we speak to Neil later this evening about King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, the Guy Ritchie movie filmed around Snowden as well. Two words though, David Beckham. David Beckham as a baddie knight. Yeah. Can you imagine how that's going to sound? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that is why I think we probably should watch it to satisfy our curiosity and see just how bad that cameo was. Draw thy sword, sir. Get down from thy... <laughs> get down from thy horse. I challenge thee to a duel. Janet Street Porter, isn't it? The very same. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. You can contact us anytime. Email us hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk and we'll look at what you've got in touch with in any other business. Any other business. A lot of messages still coming in about our breakthrough uh, quiz that we did last night. A little game we called How Big Is Your Head? Uh, People had to guess the circumference of Richie's head. Did anyone get it in the end? No one got it. No, the answer was uh, 62 centimetres. We had no correct guesses. So I'm afraid the tea towels have been withdrawn, gone back into the prize bag. You may get a chance to win them again at some point on the show. Something interesting has come in uh, on our Facebook page overnight, Richie, about that. Uh, Joanne Walker says, uh, as a general rule, when you're fully grown, your height apparently is three times the circumference of your head. Now, this is something that we have to test. Uh, the uh, Stanley Powerlock um, tape measure is still in the studio from yesterday. So some rudimentary maths here. 62 centimetres was the circumference of my head. Uh-huh. So double that is 124 and triple that is 186. Would that be right? 186 centimetres? It is 186 centimetres. According right. to Joanne's rule... Uh, uh, you should be 186 centimetres high. Okay, so if we get this out to 186 centimetres, and I'll just lock it in place. Lock it in place. Oh dear, it's quite angry. Aren't they angry? They are uh, very messages. angry. These things. I wouldn't want to work with one of these every single day. Especially, I still to this day, even being a grown-up, don't like the bit where it zips back into the handle. So if I put this on the floor. <laughs> I can tell you right now it doesn't look like this rule works. It looks um, like it's holding the spear. Okay, right, let's just uh, skip that <laughs> stupid thing. You can but dream. <laughs>